and welcome to that one show, Top 20 Foo Fighters songs. We were originally going to be doing a Top 10, but Dixie and I have discussed it, and we realized they just got way too many great songs to limit this band to 10. So for the first time in this show's history, we will be doing a Top 20. Dixie, how excited are you for this? I'm really excited. I worked for a week narrowing everything down and then you go and change everything. So that was a whole lot of heartache for nothing. No, you can still, you know, the 10 you've got there obviously is going to be played somewhere. Yeah, but now I got to think of 10 more and you know, they're not going to be in order, right? Because I just love them and I'm just going to randomly pick another 10 songs. So the way we're going to do this is similar to the Batman and Star Wars episodes. If you listen to those. I did not. I know you didn't. I'm talking to the listener at this point, (laughs) not you. So if you are familiar with those episodes, uh, you already know what we're going to do. If not, I'll go over it real quick. Dixie and I are going to collaboratively build the 20 best Foo Fighters songs according to us, meaning we'll be taking turns picking them. She'll take either the odds or evens, and I'll take the vice versa, meaning one of us will pick 20, the other one 19, then back to the other one for 18, and so forth and so on until we get to the number one Foo Fighters song of all time. We will also have one veto in which... If a song is played too low by the other person and we want to move it up, we can veto it. And then we, who meaning the person that vetoes it, is responsible for playing it later in the list. Does that make sense to you? Yes. For example, if I vetoed my hero because you tried to play it at 20th, you couldn't play it again. But since I vetoed it, I have to play it somewhere further on down the list where I see fit. So many rules. That's only one rule. That's one, literally just one. Well, there's a lot of factors that go into that one rule. <laughs> no, it's not. My So my first question to you is, do you want the evens or the odds? Well, since I'm odd, I will take odds. So you want to be able to pick the number one song then, right? You better believe it. So let's talk a little bit in general about the Foo Fighters before we get into ranking our songs. Uh, you've loved this band for a very long time, correct? Yes. Since I've probably my first year of college when I was allowed to listen to secular music. Secular. Yes, <laughs> secular music. I really like their so of course I was introduced with Monkey Wrench and it was awesome and really fun. So after that I got to listen to the rest of their catalog and it's they're great. And we got the privilege of seeing them live and that was one of the best days of my life. And Dave Grohl is literally my hero. Yep. So I guess I have to kick us off and I will play at number 20 from their debut album, a song called Big Me. So when can I veto you? <laughs> I mean, you only get one. Nah, I'm good. All right. I'll ride this wave out. <laughs> Big Me at number 20 off of their debut album, Foo Fighters, which was technically a Dave Grohl solo project. He pretty much recorded in his home studio, playing almost every instrument, writing all the lyrics to all the songs. It took off, and he eventually had to get a band to tour together, and that led to the actual band Foo Fighters. But for all intents and purposes, this is the first single that the Foo Fighters ever released way back in 1995 off the self-titled debut album. And like a lot of their singles that were released, it has got a awesome music video. And I'm glad that he assembled a band in time to release this music video because it is a great music video. If you've never seen it, uh, if you are our age, you remember the Mentos commercials where just absurd stuff was happening all happening 
throughout the day, but it was okay as long as you pop the Mentos in your mouth. So this video is hilarious. I, I'm really glad that they did this. Yes, and they've got some excellent music videos that I'm sure we'll talk about as the show unfolds for today. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about Big Me? Nope. So here is, according to us, the 20th greatest Foo Fighters song of all time from their debut album way back in 1995, Big Me. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons only new. When I talk about it, Aries or treasons already new. Then me to talk about it, I could stand through. If we can get around. Dix, it's time for your first pick, the number 19th greatest Foo Fighter song of all time, according to you at least. Generator. Generator. Off of There's Nothing Left to Lose. I'll, I'll leave it. <laughs> I don't want to waste my veto just yet. Tell us about it. Um, it's a really, really good song to run to. <laughs> that's, that's about it, and it's the Foo Fighters. I feel you could repeat that for pretty <laughs> yes. much all 20 of the songs that we're going to name. But I said, you got to go a little bit better than that. You hear this. Jeez. You'll hear me say that so many times. Well, wait, you were the one that invited me. <laughs> I was the fill-in, buddy. you got to do what I say. All right. I really like this song. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Keep talking for just a second. Oh, okay. Well, David Grohl has his voice is softer in this song. Uh, he is very famous for his shouting, which I will, uh, which has made me pick a couple of his songs higher up in the list. Uh, but this one, he's got a softer voice and it's still a nice hyper song. Gotcha. So this is off. There's nothing left to lose. It was their third studio album released in 1999, my senior year of high school. And I remember this CD came with a temporary Foo Fighters tattoo, which was the FF logo that you all are familiar with. That Natalie wants on her neck. Yeah, and because uh, <laughs> the cover artist literally somebody that got that tattoo on the back of their neck. Well, I put that sucker on my forearm when I got the CD and, and convinced my mom that it was real. But my mom didn't know who the Foo Fighters was, so she asked me if it stood for fart face. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it does. <laughs> So that's pretty much all I got to add, to add about Generator. I had it a little higher. I would have ranked it around 15th, but not that's not enough for me to use my veto to move it higher. I'll leave it. Do you have anything else to add about Generator, Dixie? I do not. Just play it.
Okay, so at number 18, I'm going with one off of their second album, Color and Shape, a song called Monkey Wrench. Yes. You Are you okay I with agree. it here? Put it right here, yes. All right, so we're going to write it in stone. When I thought I was doing a 10 list, I sent it to Brian. He was like, Monkey Wrench isn't on there. And I was like, yeah, because it didn't make top 15. Not to say it's not a good song. It didn't make my top 15 either, to be yeah. fair. So, and it's not that it's not, it's a fantastic song. It's just, I like other songs more than that. Yeah. This was a popular song. We put this out on social media and it was probably, on what, probably got the third or fourth most votes. Didn't to you be say they one. would riot too? If, if we didn't rank it. it at all. Yeah. But so we, we got you. We've got it on the it's list. It's in there. Uh, he, he makes, what, what song do you think is his best scream? I think. Breakout. It, you think, yeah. This one had the end too. It's yeah. got a damn good one. Yes. We've heard this song live. Yes. It was awesome. It was great. We told them that whole story, but we may have to rehash it. Well, there's going to be some new listeners on this episode, <laughs> but we'll get to that story a little later. I don't want to just, just blow the load right out of the gate here. All that's right. that's the best story that's going to be told in this episode. Yes. We're not going to do it right at the beginning. we got to tease them a little bit. Yep. Make them, give them something to look forward to later in the episode. Yep. This the, so we have one off the first album, second album, and third album already. Yeah, uh, we got it covered. So we're doing well. Here is the number 18 Foo Fighters song, Monkey Ranch. Okay, Dixie, what are you picking at number 17? Up in arms. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to pick at 16, so we're in good shape here. Yeah, we're doing good. Talk about it real quick. Starts off very, very slow and sweet, and then it kicks in like most of their songs do, and it's like, oh, wait, this isn't a slow song. 
and it's it's just a really good all around song. And it's off the color and shape. And at one time, this was your favorite Foo Fighters song. This was it once upon back when we were in college. This was your number one. It was. And over the last couple of decades, it's fell all the way down to number seventeen. Why is that? Because you've made me pick all kinds of songs, so it kind of <laughs> fell in there somewhere. <laughs> it's a very short song. Maybe it really two is. minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think half, so. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good it, one. It starts off, like I said, his voice can be so soft and so pretty, and then, bam, it hits you. You want to play it? Yes. If it seems like we're going quick and not talking about the songs, I promise you that will change as this episode progresses. Because we just, just a couple hours ago, decided to do a top 20 and stop top 10. When we get to the top 10, we're obviously going to be a lot more passionate about the songs, have notes about the songs, and talk a little bit more in depth of them. Uh, all that being said, it's for me, it's number 16. And I am going to go with Breakout. From there's nothing left to lose. I'm gonna veto that. that you gonna use your one yep. veto? All right. Well, yep. hold on. I'll have to figure out what I'm gonna do yeah, here. Yeah, that's then. right. What you don't have a backup plan already? I didn't think you would veto. He's looking at like <laughs> 400 <laughs> songs here. You know how uh, back in the day, if you're our age, how you had to print like Google Maps off in order to get anywhere? He has a Google Maps of Foo Fighter songs. And if you hear the ruffling of the pages, it's because he's got pages and pages of them. I'm going to go with. Just close your eyes and put your finger on the page, and it's going to oh, be a good song. Well, it's, yeah, that's true. I'm going to go with Hey Johnny Park. Go for off it. Of the Color and Shape, which is the third one in a row from that album it's that's been drafted. Yep. Hey JP, we've heard this song live. Yes, we did. And it is a very good song. Not one more of their well known songs. When I was making my top 10, I started with the list of 30, and I think this got down to about 15. So it lines up right here at 16 pretty well as far as my own personal list goes. Uh, the color and shape was really the album that really put them in the public consciousness more so than the, you know, their debut, which had a couple hits, Big Me and another one we probably very well may talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but they had three or four hits off of this. This was not one of them, but it was as far as a deep cut. Lee, there you go. Go ahead, Lee. Uh, was a very, very good song. It's not a just a filler song like some bands that throw on just to make 
you know, have get get ten or eleven songs on their album. It it is a fan favorite when they play it in concert. Uh, they don't break it out often, but when they do, the crowd gets really really fired up over it, like they did when we saw Liam in Columbus, Ohio, back in the day. Uh, do you have anything to add about Hey Johnny Park? We have seen lots of people in concert, and this band, I think they genuinely are not going through the motions of putting on a show. No. I think each time they get their hands on an instrument and they're in the same room together, they genuinely have fun. And that's infectious. Uh, and that, ca that comes across in their albums. That comes across when you see them live, if you ever get that privilege. And I think these dudes just really like spending time together and playing music. Yes. Before we move on, if you're playing along at home, you know that Dixie has no vetoes left. She has veto breakout, which means I can no longer play it. So my question to you all is, what percent chance is it that Dixie forgets to play it? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't get on the list at all. Hey, I'm, it is possible. I'm I saying forget. probably 60% chance. I forget a lot of stuff, yes. <laughs> but it, we'll get there. But anyway, here is at number 16, the Foo Fighters with the third song in a row off of Color and Shape with Hey, Johnny Park. Come and I'll take you under These beautiful bruises, colors Everything fades in time, it's true Wish that I had another Stab at the What do you have at number 15, Dixie? Long Road to Ruin. Awesome. Good one. Talk about it. It's a good song, and it's a good running song. <laughs> Keep talking about it for just at least 30 seconds while I write it down here. Um. Well, <laughs> I, I recommend that you listen to it. I don't know what else to say about it. It's a really good song. All right, I'll talk about it. it okay, was, thank you. It was my personal number eight. So sort of close. It was it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for seven straight weeks. Wow! And Rashida Jones from The Office fame stars in the music video. That's just off the top of my head. I don't think I've seen the music video. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's nobody that plays music videos anymore besides YouTube. Well, you can look it up. She's I'll have in to there. look it up. She <laughs> is awfully pretty. So this one is off of Echoes, Silence, Patient, and Grace. And here's another fact off the top of my head. Do you know what, what that album's named after? No. Dave Grohl's four dogs that he had at the time. Aww. Named Echo, Silence, Patient, and Grace. Oh, that's now, a mouthful. How about that? Imagine calling all them to dinner. <laughs> yep. I'd say he's got help. I'd yeah. say he's well enough that he probably has got professional dog He doesn't watchers. have to call them to dinner. Is no, that true? I say? No, not at all. <laughs> they eat raw steak. 
So this is the first one off of that album. And he broke the cycle of three in a row off Color and Shape. Here at number 15 is from Echo, Silence, Patient, and Grace, Long Road to Ruin. Another one off that same album, Echo, Silence, Patient, and Grace with Statues, which is my favorite song from that album. And it's very much a song that no doubt is influenced by the Beatles. It sounds like it could have been a home on the White Album very easily. You talked earlier that you like some of the softer songs where Dave sings in a soft voice and doesn't just thrash and yell and scream and burst a vocal cord. And he stays at a mid-tempo throughout this entire song. It's a beautiful song. Do you like statues? I don't know that song. <laughs> yeah, you do. I have to go listen to it. When we take a break, I'll listen to it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have my favorites, okay? I skip until I get to my favorites. As we've been established, if Dixie doesn't <laughs> like the first five seconds of the song, she never listens to that song in her entire Would you existence. rather me just lie to you and then BS about no, statues? But but I bet you you'll like this song when you when Well, you I'll have to give it a it. listen. So yes. I'm going to go ahead and play it for you folks. And while I'm doing that, Dixie's going to hear it for the first time ever. <laughs> Here is statues. <laughs> you and I were too old and tortured souls repaired by love and broken things. In a life, just somebody's growing old. No fear of the end or anything. We're just ordinary people. You and me. Time will turn us into statues eventually. We got five, but we never needed much. The silver of hope, no diamond rings. We got high, it was heaven, it was hell. Flying over them with broken So that was Statues, and yes, within one second of it playing, Dixie said, oh, yeah, I know this song. But I, it's not one of my favorites. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, it's down at number 14. It made your list. Yeah, so I've I, heard it. But I wanted to say one thing about it. That song 
is a beautiful song, and it is a true song because, as the line in it says, time turns us all into statues, meaning we're all going to die and have a headstone if we choose burial or cremation. Yes. Uh, but it's, this life is fleeting, and we need to make the best of it while we're here. I won't be a statue. Those things are too expensive. <laughs> I'm going to be the. <laughs> I'm going to be the metal plate. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just get old rock off the hill. <laughs> there you go, a slab. Take, take some paint. Here lies Dixie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Save that money. Oh my goodness. Well, you got it, number thirteen. At uh, number thirteen, lucky number thirteen. I've got learn to fly. Why is Vito. there silence? Vito. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I can't let that sit. Well, then 13. fine. Do I have to pick something else? You have to. Okay, all my life. That's fine. I know you can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> All right. Keep talking for a second. Okay. So All My Life is a really good song in that it start it's it's not a very complex song. It just repeats itself over that, and over again. That and, was, yeah, keep talking. Okay, I am. All but right. you just keep telling me to talk. Sorry. <laughs> and anyways, it's just a really good hyper song, one that I like a lot. And Brian had to do some research on it. So I have done some research on it. So this is off your favorite Pooh Fighters album. Yes. I didn't need to research that. One by one. Yes. Uh, came out in 2002 in college. This was actually the tour that we saw them in li live on. I actually got to see them twice this tour, just once with you, though. Yeah. Um, this is the first song on that album. And it is a song that I've listened to probably 800 or 900 times in my life. Mm -hmm. and, when, and it's my personal number 10, but I'll let it slide at number 13. Yeah, because you have to. <laughs> and Dixie has said, please don't be crude when talking about this. But I can't not talk about it because I found an old interview with Dave Grohl from 2002 when this album came out. And this song is about how much he likes to give cunnilingus to the ladies. Cunnilingus. Yes. <laughs> and I won't be no cruder than that. If you Thank don't know you. what that is, just look it up. Don't look it up on your work computer. No. But uh, and you'll find out exactly what that is and this note, that's what this song is about. I always thought it was about like soldiers going off to war. So I was way off. And <laughs> uh, when you actually hear the words and you understand what that is. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yes. So Colonel Angus. Here's a song about Colonel Angus. <laughs> it is all my life. It is the number 13 best Foo Fighters song of all time. Searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. All night long, I dream of the day when it comes around and it's taken away. Leaves me with the feeling that I feel the most, feel it come to life when I see your ghost.
playing along at home, you know that neither one of us have any vetoes left. So from here on out, the song that is picked is going to be that's exactly where it's going to be on the list. It is my duty to try to play Learn to Fly later on this list. I will not forget. It is Dixie's duty to play Breakout later on this list. She may or may not it, forget. It is possible. Yes. <laughs> All that being said, what is, according to you, Dixie, the 12th greatest Foo Fighters song of all time? This is a call. Good. Talk did about you, it. Did you have this? It is my personal number six, but I'll let it slide here because I can't got no other choice. <laughs> yeah, let, there's no letting it. Uh, this is a call is a one of my favorites. It's easily made this list for me. Another good running song. Yes, uh, and it makes no sense. It's gibberish. It's, it's just fingernails gibberish. are pretty. Yes, fingernails are pretty. Well, some of them are grody. <laughs> some of them are grody. Yeah. Depending on. <laughs> so this song was their first top ten hit. Number two on the charts, the biggest hit off of their debut in 1995. Dave Grohl wrote this song on a vacation to Ireland after Nirvana obviously broke up due to Kurt Cobain's death. And uh, that's about all I can remember off the top of my head. Good job, Ryan. <laughs> that's more than I do. So, good job. <laughs> so, here it is, number 12. This is a call. This is a call. And I think we've got out of order. I, I'm not. You have an order going on. I don't. No, we, because. I took my list and threw it up in the air. Yeah, that was supposed to be my pick. You've got to pick two in a row. I will. So I'll have to pick the next two. Who's in we'll charge of in this? Who follows that? Not mine. that? That's on me. <laughs> but I've got the next two picks now. That's fine. All Go right. for it. So this is this is a call. Visiting is good. Seems that all they ever wanted was a Stacked Actors, which was my personal number nine off of There's Nothing Left to Lose. It's the first song on that album, and it is a great way to begin the album. What do you like about this song, Dixie? There is a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he does so good. He just, that man can go from like just soft-spoken to screaming, and we watched him do it the entire concert, the, and his voice never gave out. The crazy thing is he's done that. You know, they, when they tour, they probably do Since the 90s. 30, 40 concerts a year. Uh, how? I mean, he must have like like steel Teflon vocal cords. He must. We need to do a medical study. <laughs> but uh, this song is exactly what it appears to be. 
about how everything and everyone in Hollywood is fake. Dave actually lived in Hollywood for two years, and he said he hated it. And this, I wouldn't want to live there. This song is about how everything is just plastic and blonde and fake. Mm -hmm. Not just the people, but the buildings, the industry, and everything. And he screams about it like yes. he means it. And this is the last song before we get to the top ten. So we will play it, and then immediately after that, take a quick break, play a couple commercials, take a drink of water while we do that, and get back with the top ten Foo Fighters songs of all time. So we're just now entering into the realm of a normal episode. Yep. Here he is at number 11 from There's Nothing Left to Lose back in 1999, the Foo Fighters with Stacked Actors. Once again, here to tell you about my good friends at The Goblin Trading Company. That's right. They are putting out new stuff almost daily. Shirts, hoodies, mugs. Not just exclusive that one show merchandise, but all kinds of cool stuff. They have a really new cool shirt for my D&D friends of a lich. And if you'll just go to Etsy, type in the Goblin Train Company, you can see that shirt and all the other stuff they have. A lot of you have already bought some hoodies and t-shirts of that one show, and I appreciate that. Keep on buying that stuff, wearing it out, tagging myself or the Goblin Train Company on social media and letting us see that cool shit that they are making because it is cool. And if you want to be cool, you will go ahead and get you a hoodie or t-shirt from the one and only Goblin Trading Company. If you don't know how to get there, in the show notes, I'll have a little link. And all you got to do is click on that sucker and it'll take you right there to where you'll see all that awesome stuff I just talked about from the Goblin Trading Company. All right, so it is now time for some serious discussion. The 10 best Foo Fighters songs of all time. The first artist in the show's history to have enough bangers to warrant a top 20. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe the last. I don't know. I don't know. Laid back country picker. He was. It was pretty hard to pick a ten. Well, he only had thirty-seven songs. Well, from. Foo Fighters all thirty-seven. Have, I'm looking. I'm looking at two hundred and seven songs here. <laughs> don't worry, laid back. You'll get there. So at number ten, I'm going one off of nineteen ninety-seven Color and Shape with my hero. All right, I'm glad you picked that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I am too. Um, it's been used in a million sports movies. Yes. A million. Literally one million. I looked it up. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> and speaking of their music videos that we've touched on, did you know that Dave Grohl directed this music video? I did not know that. Yes. He's just so talented. I understand. He makes us all look just useless. Well, if you could see the lust in her eyes right now, this is a audio and not a visual podcast, but yes, Dixie has had a thing for Wait, Dave. hold up. No, I really like David Grohl. He is super cute. And I really like his personality. I feel like we could be buddies. However, I don't like the scraggly look. I like him clean cut. So you like him there and there if there's nothing like left to lose. To when he yeah. had short hair and yes. no beard. Yep. Right. I don't like the scraggle. Yeah. I believe your sister would argue otherwise. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She's definitely Audrey likes long scraggly hair. It's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is rocking that look right now. <laughs> you need to read his book. You know I don't read. You're reading a book right now. <laughs> I am forcing myself to read a book because a bunch of women at work are making me. <laughs> but his his biography is so good. And my favorite story in there, I digress, but I want to talk about how great of a dad Dave Grohl is, okay? Uh, his daughter had that uh, for the six. He has two daughters. And in the sixth grade at the school that they went to, uh, they have at the end of the year a daddy daughter dance, mm -hmm. and the one daughter is two years younger than the other. So, she's when she was in fourth grade, she got to see her sister go to a dance with her daddy, and it broke her heart that she didn't get to go. And Dave promised her in two years it would be her turn. Well, they had scheduled a tour in Australia, he was in Australia when the daddy daughter dance took place. He kept a two-year promise by taking a red-eye flight from Australia to Los Angeles that took 19 hours, danced with her, flew straight back on another red-eye flight, got a limo to the stage and played a concert after he'd been up for about 76 hours. Also, he could go and dance with his daughter and halfway across the world. And I still fresh-faced. I guarantee it. That is true love because would you do that to go to a daddy-daughter dance? Listen, y'all. You went to one with Natalie. No, I went to three. Oh, you went to three? I paid my dues and went to three of them Yes, planes. you literally paid your dues. They're expensive. <laughs> but that's awesome. That's awesome. That story. is sweet. Yeah. It is. And, uh, he, that, he has the money to do that. So, uh, yeah, do that, David. Good job. Yes, but that was a sacrifice on his behalf yes. for his daughter. Very good. And I guess you could say that he is his daughter's hero. He is. And yeah. segueing Very back good. into, that's how it's done, I wonder folks. if she says, you're my hero. That's how it's done. <laughs> this is the number 10 greatest Foo Fighters song of all time, from the color and shape, My Hero. Yeah. 
Dixie. What do you have in at number nine? Wheels. Wheels. What album is this off of? Uh, you'll have to tell me. I don't know. It's not off album. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was released as a new song and as a single when they released their greatest hits. I did not know that. I just know it comes up in my playlist, yes, and I really like it. I almost, I almost picked this earlier. And this is another example of how he can do something soft. And I, re I really like this song. And I wonder, you had just talked about him taking red eye uh, with two red eyes within a day, so he could dance. But that's two songs about flying. Are there more songs about flying out there? In their catalog? Yeah. I'm sure they are. But this is two of them. And I personally, folks, I hate to fly. I love the concept of hopping in a piece of metal and getting somewhere hours sooner than you would if you drove. However, maybe. Maybe. Well, if you don't have much delays. <laughs> yes, without any delays and perfect, uh, yeah, perfect weather. I hate to fly. I'm a nervous wreck. In fact, I thought we were going to fly to Myrtle Beach here next week, and we ended up not doing it because we need a different day. And I was already just nervous. My stomach was in knots. I hate to fly. And so I can relate to these songs because he because <laughs> it's like when the wheels touch ground, you think it's all over, but there's another round for you. And uh, I really like this song, and I like Learn to Fly, too. But that's another story. <laughs> you didn't like it very much because you played it way a long time ago and I had to sure veto did. it. I sure did. You got anything else? That's how you could talk about it and tell us all your facts. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else? <laughs> Nothing else to say except it's just a really good song. And here he is, number nine best food fighter song of all time Wheels. Nothing mattered anymore I looked into the sky Well, I wanted something better, man I wish for something new Yeah, I wanted something beautiful I wish for something true Been looking for a reason, man And I will go at number eight with Learn to Fly, the song I vetoed way back, I think, at number 16. So I moved it up eight spots. And nice. Segwaying straight off of your song, Wheels. Uh, yes, this song's about flying. Yes. And for my money, this is the best music video they've ever done. It is great. It features Jack Black and Kyle Ray, Glass, KG, KG yeah. from Tenacious KG. D. And one of these days, I'm going to do an episode on Tenacious D. I'm just trying to buy my time. Just you're going to get that explicit warning. Yes, <laughs> easily. But that's beside the point. This actually, and I didn't even know this was a category at the Grammys until I researched, but it won best music video. It's it's a at great, the Grammys. 
It's an absolute, it's a total kind of throwback to the movie Airplane. It absolutely <laughs> is. And actually in my research, they, Dave Grohl talked about how they did that as homage to that movie because the band loved that movie and they watched it on their tour bus a lot back in the day. Yep. And uh, they play several characters in the movie, the band does, or in the in The, uh, the infant video. is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people had this at number one. Uh, sadly, it only got up to number eight. Uh-oh, they going to riot? Nah, they're not going to riot. Come on, please riot. I want to see that. <laughs> if they didn't, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I cause a riot over ranking this number eight, <laughs> So be it. So be it. If you all listened to the Star Wars episode, you know I actually nearly was in a riot back in the day, but that's beside the point. If you haven't, go back and listen to that episode. Just make sure you have three hours of free time in which to do so. And you're not easily offended. Like go mow or something and turn the volume up. Because <laughs> this, this, it's one of a kind. <laughs> John did a really good job. He did. Yes. And we're, and he and I are going to do a top 10 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie draft for Arnold's birthday in July. Wow. Yes. Is this going to top three hours or? It might go five. <laughs> who knows? Part, uh, three part series. Who, who, who knows? <laughs> anyway, this is the number eight Foo Fighters song of all time from There's Nothing Left to Lose. This is Learn to Fly. Seven. Number seven is Pretender. All righty. Talk about it. This was not in my top 10 until you sprung on us that we were doing a top 20. And the reason I picked this is because Natalie put her, plugged her phone into our car's aux and this song come on and she hit repeat like three times. We listened to it like three times in a row. And I just thought it was so cool that my girl was listening to a Foo Fighter song. And she really, really, and she sang every word to it. And I'm just so proud of her. I just want to reiterate that we've done good by her. She's been on this show a couple of times doing a Nirvana episode and a British bands episode. She'll be on it again in the future. Uh, love that girl. And uh, this is a good song too. She picked a, she picked a dandy. Yes. So I, this is technically, I guess, Natalie's pick. <laughs> Lucky number seven, the Foo Fighters with the Pretender. Yeah. 
so at number six, I'm going to go with Everlong. From, Very good. From the color and shape. You so you seem satisfied with this I pick. I agree. Probably my favorite song on that album. Uh, and it was overwhelmingly the song that people said we should have number one, but it did not even make the top five. The video, once again, back in the era <laughs> of you could even make like a mediocre song pretty cool with a video. There are some songs that are just absolute crap, but the videos are great. This oh. is when a good video and a really good song hold hands uh -huh. and make music. <laughs> they make a beautiful baby. Yes, they make a beautiful baby. Or in this case, a baby that just walks around and has a giant arm. <laughs> a big giant <laughs> hand that they smack people with. <laughs> so this is such a good, and what is he saying when he's whispering? No one's known and he's never said. Like Google doesn't even know what he's saying. And he's never told. It's like one of life's greatest mysteries. Yes, he whispers. My guess is he's talking about how much he loves Conalingus. Oh my goodness. Maybe he's just <laughs> talking about the giant hand. I don't know. <laughs> But I'm going to listen. I'm going to have to get You some, can't. I, They've been people tried. <laughs> they can't do You mean it. we can pick up ghost sounds. Ghost sounds, people. But we cannot figure out what David Girl was whispering in the song. I bet you it was something dirty because he's just got a, he's got a dirty mouth. He does. He's a very vulgar cat. But uh, <laughs> can we get to ghost hunters on this? They, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm going to call He's going to take it to his grave with him. No one. No, no. On his deathbed, what would you do if he's like, hand me that pad of paper? <laughs> and he just writes it But down. no, he starts writing, then he dies before yes. he can. No one ever knows. <laughs> it says like, duh. <laughs> So this is such a good song. I bet you it may be like, hey, Dave, note to self, don't forget to go to the store tonight. <laughs> you need toilet paper, Dave, don't forget. <laughs> so I don't know, but it's such a good song. I'm going to decipher that. You go ahead and try that. Okay, pump the mute, play that part on when you play your sample. <laughs> I'll do it. Let's all listen, folks. See if you can figure it out. Text us. Yes. Here's a quick contest. Come up with what you think it is, and the best slash funniest answer of what Dave Grohl was whispering in Ever Maybe we could get Dave Grohl in on this yeah. on Twitter or something. Uh, yes, tag Dave Grohl and say, "Hey, Dave, that one show wants to know what more are you whispering in Avalon? The New York Times, MTV, Rolling Stone, Spin have all asked you over the years and you've refused to answer. But by God, to disclose it to this little guy in this, this, this little fella that's Got a microphone sitting on a stack of papers recording this <laughs> podcast. Wants to know what you whisper in every long. <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so here he is, number six, greatest Foo Fighters song of all time, Everlong.
60. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We got five left. You have three picks. I only have two. What it is, according to you, the fifth best Foo Fighters song of all time? Well, let me just say this. I've got another confession to make. I'm your fool. You know what song that's from? Yeah. What is it? Come on. Best of you. That is best of you. A song that I have got at my personal number three, but that's okay. Well, you took my number three just the last song, so we're even Stevens. Let's talk about it. This is one of his nice, sweet songs in which he just kind of surprises you with tearing his vocal cords out. Yep. And it's got my all-time favorite Dave Grohl line that he ever wrote. Which is... And I'm going to read it like I'm reading a poem. Has someone taken your faith? It's real. The pain you feel, the life, the love you die to feel, the hope that starts with broken hearts, your trust, you must confess, is someone getting the best. The best is someone getting the best of you. They're very good. That is a beautiful. It, the beautiful whole song line. is it's just beautiful. And last night when we were sitting at Doug's porch bar, uh, we were talking about this song being linked to uh, DOA, right? Yep. They are side by side on the album and they are actually a continuation of each other. And DOA was actually one of my, my top 10 songs, but that list has just went out the door. If you're playing along at home, you know that she way back at number uh, 18 vetoed uh, Breakout and hasn't played it yet and only has two plays left. So yeah. if you are if you bet on whether or not she'd forget, that's still in play. I ain't forgot yet. Alrighty. But anyways, Best of You is a beautifully, beautifully sang, written song. And here it is at number five. five. <laughs> I'm just looking over at your list. Yes. Number five, best of you. Are you coming on to someone new? I needed somewhere to hang my head without your news. You came Here's where we stand. We each have two picks left, four picks total. And I'm at, I'm at a dilemma because I'm, in my personal top ten, I only have two left. One of them is my personal number one, so I'm not playing it here at number four. Mm -hmm. 
The other one I have a sneaking suspicion is your personal number one. Mm -hmm. So can I be, I could, I could be a bastard to you and play it at number four, or I could go off the charts and pick one that, that really wasn't even in my top 20. I went off the charts like all day. So yes, will you please go off the charts? <sighs> yeah. Talk for what about whatever you want for a second. <laughs> so here's Dixie talking this Whatever you want, not only have to be Foo Fighters related, um, why well, I consult the Master Rich 207 songs. So, well, we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend. You're going to listen to this episode, I'm sure. When is this going to air? June 1st. Yeah, so um, just a little blast from your past, Memorial Day weekend. It is around 50 degrees right now uh, at the end of May, which is miserable. <laughs> I'm currently got my fuzzy house shoes on, a giant sweatshirt, and some leggings, and this is just not right, people. My pool is nice and clear and blue, and it's too freaking cold to get into it. So that's what's happening in life right now. Is that enough time? Yes. Are, I, are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> He's got his notes out again, I'm, people. I'm going to go with DOA. So this has worked out perfectly for you. Fixed. Yes. I love this song. Yes. This is another song that I always thought was kind of about soldiers because you had in the early 2000s, the whole uh, support your president, uh, George W. Bush rallying all the troops and getting people pumped up to be Americans. Yep. And uh, I just always thought that this was how soldiers are kind of getting screwed over. So uh, I was wrong. It's not about that. Um. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I never voted for George Bush, but the, two, the dude done two of the baddest ass things that a president's ever done. The first one was when he got up on top of the rubble with the microphone. Mm -hmm. And everybody started chanting USA that had been there for like three days, just, just digging things out. And he said, I hear you, and the whole world hears you, and they know we're coming for them. Listen, that's that Texas coming out but of that's, that's I didn't like him when he was president. I just didn't. But looking back and seeing who we've managed to get in the Republican Party. Man, he was a dandy compared to what we've had and what is going on in America right now. Can we go back to the George W. Bush era, and, please? Uh, the second thing was this. A few months later at the World Series, he shows up in New York and the most watched baseball game in the history of Major League Baseball, Yankees, World Series. He's throwing out the first pitch. He whizzes a strike like 80 mile hour right down, the, right down the middle of the plate and doesn't even blink out and just walks right off. That's awesome. So cowboy up, George W. Yes. Bush. <laughs> but anyway, when this album came out, I could not stand him. <laughs> so, uh, but looking back, I've learned to appreciate Brian had an entire calendar of Bushisms for the whole year. And there were there was some winners on there. But anyway. Uh, yeah, my favorite was I'm glad to have Mr. and Mr. Smith here tonight. They are a great governor. <laughs> <laughs> Like it, we could go on all day, like 365 <laughs> days of Bushisms. But anyway, um, I was I was angry at him during this time, and I, for some reason, I just related a lot of this Foo Fighters album to the events that were going on in the world. Uh, but anyways, that's that's where it takes me back in history for myself. Yep. Remember when we went to that protest? Yes. That old-fashioned protest made signs and everything. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. <laughs> I love a good protest. But anyway, we're we're off the we're off the yes. grid here. Uh, Anyways, I'm glad you picked this song. No, number four. I had to call an audible, and I just asked that you do the same for me and don't play my number one at number three. Okay. Well, at least, all right, please. 
Cool, cool. I don't I, know what your number one is, you, but yeah. I've told you twice what it is. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Here he is, DOA. <laughs> You know I did it, it's over and I feel fine Nothing you can say is gonna change my mind Waited and I waited the longest night Nothing like the taste of sweet decline Dixie, what's number three? Number three for me is going to be Breakout. And if you were playing at home you were, and you said she wouldn't remember, you win a prize. A squirrel gets a note every now the and broke then. Broke clock is correct two times a day. <laughs> so That's that, how the saying goes. I tried to say that the other day, but it didn't make sense. <laughs> what you say? I can't even remember. <laughs> so I tried to play this all the way back at number 16, and you vetoed it. And Successfully moved it all the way up That's to number what you get three. For doubting me. You doubted me, and you see what happened. Let me ask you this: If I hadn't have periodically said, reminded, I had it, and it never moved. From I know, this but list. but I reminded you like three times. You there. didn't have to though, oh. so you wasted your breath. I got you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I got you. This song is continual screaming, and how the man still is able to put on shows to this day, I have no idea. He is amazing, and nothing makes me want to, like, break stuff like this song. Yeah. Yep. Anything to add, Brian? So what What song is better about breaking stuff? This one or the Limp Biscuit song that's actually called Break Stuff? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just saying the word Limp Biscuit makes me want to break something, and that it's not because they, like, provoke any kind of feelings within me besides they're stupid and I hate them. Yep. <laughs> so here he is, according to Dixie. The third greatest Foo Fighters song of all time. Scream it, just like him. Come on, try it. You know you make me want to break out. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Yeah, I'm sorry you should for that. say sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. God Almighty. <laughs>
my personal number one for the purposes of this list will be number two <laughs> is learn to fly. Thank you, Brian. Off of There's Nothing Left to Lose, which I think has more songs on this list than any other of their albums. Yep. And it's my personal favorite of theirs. And Come, here I said One by One was my favorite album. But it's going <laughs> to have two songs. Yes. It's only got one so far. Yep. Um, I'll take a, tell you a quick story about this album. I told one earlier about getting the CD of it and how it had a temporary tattoo. And I put it on. My mom thought it was real. Mm -hmm. But didn't tell how I got that CD. Well, tell us. So I had a buddy who shall not be named who interned uh, between high school graduation and college at WJSN, which is a local radio station here in Jackson where we're recording this episode. Where you got your start. Yes, and I, where I had a show called That One Show, and uh, I volunteered uh, every Sunday, played our music of my choosing, and then even though I volunteered, the station owner said, hey, we're going to start telling you what to play every Sunday, and I said, forget that, brother. I ain't even getting paid for this horse shit. So I packed up and started this podcast and the rest is history, but that's the side point. My main man, Kevin Davidson, legend. He is a legend. Absolute legend. A walking encyclopedia of musical knowledge. He's also the station manager at WJSN. He is literally the man. And I remember that my buddy, after his first day of interning down there, and said, man, WJSN at the time played only country music. Bad country music, so be it. But the record companies would send them CDs to give out and or to play on the air. And if it wasn't country, they just threw it into a closet and left it. And he said, there's thousands of CDs down there that's never been opened. He said, they're supposed to give them out as prizes, but they don't even bother doing that. And I said, all right. So I actually literally wrote out a ransom note. I said, they're Kevin Davidson. Does Kevin know this? I don't know. <laughs> he does now if he listens. I said, I know that you are hoarding CDs in a closet and you're supposed to be giving out as prizes. I will not let the public know about this in exchange for the following CDs. And I wrote out a list of 10. And there's nothing left to lose was one of them. And guess what? I got all 10. <laughs> I can't remember Did all. Did you just go to the door and him hand them to you nope. or what? My buddy delivered the ransom note. Something tells me your buddy just went in and said, hey, can I have these? And Kevin's like, sure. I whatever. like to think that Kevin <laughs> no, ran it over and got he scared. He to And said, oh, my God, they're going to let us, they're going to let the secret out. I don't see him at all. And I got, there's nothing left to lose, Californication. He's like, I'm only getting paid minimum uh, wage for this. I'm not going down <laughs> at this radio station. And that is how I came into possession of the greatest Foo Fighters album of all time, which is There's Nothing Left to Lose with the greatest Foo Fighters song of all time, according to me. But for the purpose of this list, here he is, Learn to Fly.
All right, Dixie. Before we get into your number one, we did tease the story, the full story. We've dropped tidbits over the time we saw Foo Fighters in concert together mm -hmm. way back in 2002, three, summer 2003, mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio. One of the five greatest days of my life. It was great. So, do you, do you start to finish? Yes. So, the Foo Fighters were playing a outside venue that held probably what I'd say seven, eight thousand people. Mm -hmm. Time general admission. My grandparents at the time lived in London, Ohio, which was about a 20 minute drive from the venue. We stayed all night the night before with them, and we got up at like 10 a.m., stopped and we, we didn't, we were in college. We had no money. Yeah. We stopped and got a hot and ready little Caesar's pizza, <laughs> knowing we would only have enough money for that all day. Yeah. We eat half of it and left the other half in the vehicle to eat on the way home that night. We got in line at what, like 11.30 a.m.? It was early, yeah. There were three people ahead of us, so we were the fourth and fifth people in line. Uh, we waited eight hours before, before they'd even opened the gates. They opened them at 7 p.m. Taylor came out. Yes, Taylor Hawkins, God rest his soul. I'm glad, glad you mentioned that. Actually came out and talked for a very long time with us. Through the fence, you got a signature yes. on your bucket hat. On a Hooters hat, that's all I had. Yes. I was not anticipating meeting him that day. But, you know, not to bring the show down, but we got to mention his passing last year, which was very tragic. Yeah. Uh, and I've always felt so bad for Dave Grohl because that's two pretty much brothers he has lost at a young age mm -hmm. that he's been bandmates with. And if you read Dave's biography, he and Taylor were, were much more than bandmates. He said that they were soulmates. He actually mm -hmm. says that in there. Uh they lived together for a long time. Uh, they drove cross country together a couple times, just with no, uh, uh, you know, agenda. Just wherever they may go, they were truly best friends, brothers, and musical soulmates. And I just hated that he passed. And the new album that's coming out the day after this episode on Friday, June second, is probably going to be very emotional for a lot of folks because it was written and recorded after his passing. I'm uh, very much looking forward to that album. But let's get back to the thing. You got to meet him. Yes. I too spoke to him, but I'm a nerd. Like Brian borrowed a Sharpie off of somebody to get him to Taylor to sign his hat. So yes. Taylor signed it. And we had a stack of cards of old made cards. And so I was like, hey, Taylor, you got a Sharpie so you can sign my card? And he goes, no. <laughs> so he spoke to me. <laughs> He was annoyed when he spoke to me. So he was willing to sign a Hooters hat, but, but not an old maid not card. Not my old maid card. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I hope he does not. I hope that he did not remember that moment, uh, but I do. And, so. and he's probably thought about that his whole life. Who was that jackass <laughs> trying to get me to sign, sign that old maid card? First, you asked me if I had a sharpie. Yes. Not only do you need to supply the pen, but <laughs> sign this random ass old maid card. Please. <laughs> Well, I've never met anybody famous before. He's the only famous person I've met besides Meatloaf. But uh, anyway, so we, was that our, was that the first time I was in a mosh pit? Yes, the first time for you. Yes. It was, we that, were that was at the, first time the gate, we the front actual row. front row. Like the only thing separating us from the stage was the metal gate, a dude that looks like the rock, and then the stage. Okay, and that guy was, was one of the security members that helped get people off the stage that were trying to stage dive. And also out of there that were crowd surfing. So uh, 
we struggled a little bit at the beginning. Neither one of us had much meat on our bones at the time. Mm-hmm. And this big old boy that was like probably what six foot four, three hundred pounds. He he come on. Oh, he was to my right, and you were to my left. And he looked at us about the second song in. He said, "Brother, I've been to Hall's Fest eleven damn times. This ain't nothing." <laughs> he said, "You put your lady in between me and you, and I guarantee nobody else touches her the rest of the night." And they did. <laughs> no. That old boy, when you went over his head crowd surfing, he punt. If you had balls, that's where he punched you. Yes. If you didn't, he punched you there anyway. Yeah, I we all just started punching people that went over our heads because they would crush you. And they were idiots. They were just belligerent. Instead of enjoying the show, they wanted to they wanted to crowd surf and then try to drop down before security could get them yep. so they could they could populate the front line. Yes. Well, I had my arm hooked in the metal prongs of the gate to where I wasn't going anywhere. But with my other arm, me and Brian both just pinched, punched, whatever we could, just random people until the the son and his dad came over. Yeah, and there so was, was a, da- a, a dad and his son crowd surfed together, which was awesome. Yes, yeah, so we didn't punch that little kid. He he was having the time of his life. Yes. So the rock gave us water. We were too poor to buy okay. drinks. So I'm gonna explain to you what <laughs> she's saying. We had there was a security guard that that favored the rock that was yeah. directly in front of me, and I made eye contact with him about the second song in because he was singing a word word for word. He every song. So he was a legit fan, and I gave him that nod, and he gave me that nod. And then I gave him the little handshake that signifies, hey, I'm thirsty. And he gave me a bottle of water because they had a case of water sitting there. And me and him, without even speaking, made just through the power of music and the shared experience of singing along the songs together, made friends that night. So when it was over, not only had he give us water, but as they walked off the stage after the encore, I said, hey, brother, would you mind giving me that set list? And he gave me the set list. But, Taylor threw his. And then here come a drumstick that Taylor threw. He and played it fell it right night, in front of him. And he handed that to me too. Yes. So I don't know that guy's name. The Rock. But somewhere in mid-Ohio is a, a once upon a time, maybe current security guard that was a very nice individual. Best of the best. All security guards should take note from him. He was the man. And he hooked me up with a set list and a used drumstick. And that. And water. And then we <laughs> made our way back to the car. People tried to buy that drumstick off of me. They couldn't do it. It's proudly displayed over my record collection to this day. We got back in the car at midnight and ate the remaining four pieces of Little Caesars pizza that had sit in that car for 12 yeah. hours. Yep. We didn't get food poisoning. Nope. And that is one of the five greatest days of my life. Most perfect day. Yes. All that being said, we've come to the end of this journey. There's one thing left to do. I was nice to you and didn't play this song at number five. Thank you. I could have. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You owe me one. That's because you also like this song. What are you talking about? You didn't make no sacrifice. You like this song too. It was my number two. <laughs> exactly. So I'll let you have it. All it's right. Your number one. So this, Announce it. This is times like these. and I know we've been groaning on, but hold on. I'm going to sing you my favorite line. Yeah. I'm a new day rising. I'm a brand new sky to hang the stars upon tonight. Is my favorite. When I hear those opening chords, I can't help but nod my head. And start dancing. My favorite Foo Fighters song of all time. You almost had that line tattooed on your arm a couple years ago when you turned 40. Almost, but I didn't. So I've got one fact about this song. What is that? Did you know it is one of, if not the only song to reach two different times at number one Hmm. on the charts? Do you know how and why? Uh, Was it in a commercial once? No. They released the original version at number one. 
And then like two years later, Dave did a solo benefit version of just him on piano, but it was mm -hmm. real slow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the radio started playing that, and it hit number one. I remember now. Yep. Such a good song. But I'm guessing you're using the original for this purpose, Yes, right? you better believe it. Yes. Got anything else to add, Dixie? Nope. I appreciate you having me on here, though. I appreciate you filling in off the last minute. I had some plans that kind of fell through. And I said, hey, the Foo Fighters is something that you and I can both talk about without having to do a lot of research. And we've done that to varying degrees of success. Yes. But I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. And I'll let Dixie introduce this song and it will play us out. This is Times Like These. <laughs> That one show is brought to you by The Goblin Trading Company and is written, recorded, and produced by me, Brian Combs, most of the time right on my kitchen table. If you enjoy this show, I ask that you please share it with others that you think may like it as well. And in the meantime, check out that one show on social media, either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or all of the above. Thanks for listening. And until next week, spin that black circle.